This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing, NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Broadcasting from the David Hobbs Honda Studios in Hills Corners, Wisconsin. Except we are live up in Road America for the Kohler Grand Prix IndyCar Series. The Ryzen IndyCar Series up in Road America. And joining me right off the bat here on top of the top of the show here tony dezino from nbc sports.com and eddie lapine from RacingNation.com. thanks for joining the show guys uh, thanks for having us absolutely good it's a good group we're all in one place so this is this is this is a fun event this is one of the the must-see events i guess and uh tony let's kick it off with you what, what, what what's been going on so far this week what isn't going on? I think might be well, the better answer. Well, first of all, we have one of our IndyCar drivers is stranded in Europe. That um, and that might change at any moment. But. It's uh, it's a fluid process. It is a Russian driver who is rushing to get here because the terrible puns go along with the double brats and the other uh, festivities here at Road America. But um, yeah, no, Mikhail Oishin was held up with immigration issues on Friday, so he was unable to get to the track. And in he time. was he was in Europe running in 24 he hours. He was at the long. yep. He was at the 24 hours. He was in a P2 car there. They were mid pack. They weren't really on the pace really only one good chassis out of four and his wasn't one of them which isn't on him but he was like the fastest guy outside that chassis for for most of the week uh but we wondered if he was going to come back i'd heard some speculation that he might be in trouble to try to get here and lo and behold he wasn't in on friday so uh robbie wickens a nice canadian kid who's been an open wheel prodigy for some time but has never had a real indie yeah, car experience kind of this could be his his chance to shine isn't it yeah and he he met the media briefly on on friday morning and he was just kind of saying hey you know this is something that i've wanted to work toward for for a while he he was a formula bmw champion he won races in atlantics and then he had a really good european junior career he did some did well in formula renault 3.5 gp3 i think formula two so he's bounced around like he was f1 quality like you know f1 and certainly indycar quality him and james hinchcliffe are good mm-hmm. friends and then for one day they get to be teammates so right. uh which harkens back to when they were there was a there was an international series a few years ago called a1gp where it was like all the nations oh, yeah. racing together yes. and and they were teammates in that too oh, okay. so so there's a, a fun lineage and symmetry between the two and now robbie's first day in an indycar he's, he's teammates with inch so so perfect 
Excellent. And this is a, a fantastic weekend for, for Road America. And uh, granted, it, it's. I'm like, yeah, they should be at the Milwaukee Mile, but I mean, we, I, I say run both of them, but that's that's just let's not get into too much of that at this moment. Let's keep it happy thoughts at this point. Um, Eddie Lapine, what's your opinion of the of the weekend? Is it going to be as big as last year's when Will Power kind of dominated the race? I mean, it 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 starts off as a great weekend here. I mean, it's great to come back home and uh, see. All the campers and the people that are here for this, and they weekend. keep adding. They they keep adding camping spaces. I don't know when they're ever going to stop because the demand builds every year. It's amazing. Well, George keeps, and they keep doing new improvements. You take a ride around the track, and there's new things happening everywhere, and they're doing a fabulous job to bring the people here. Um, I mean, these are true race fans, um, and this Pirelli challenges here this weekend too. With the form, uh, with the, uh, the Indy full, lights, full the road, fu- Mazda Road Indy, all three series. Yeah, the the Mazda MX-5 Cup is here. Um, so yeah, so there's. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's 11 total races this weekend between all the series. There's IndyCar, IndyCar, six Indy road lights. to Indy, two MX-5, two World Challenge. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So. Got a full slate this weekend, and it, it, you know, I mean, it, it's great. It's great to be here. The weather's fabulous. It is fantastic. Uh, the food is fabulous, and Road America is the place to be this so what, weekend. what's the new food item up here? Have we heard what? anything? You know, like State Fair, it's always something on a stick. You know, I guess that's a marketing thing. That's And, and they, they do that it, They do that throughout the Midwest because I was in Iowa a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about the Iowa State Fair, and guess what? They're having some new food on a stick. So I think this is just a... A thing they're putting on people but anyways yeah there's always different food i know uh eddie had an incident a couple years ago with the double brats when he had like six of them or something so in one setting yes it was it, it was wasn't awful. in one setting. <laughs> i never but saw, i paid for it i never yeah. saw a guy weighing about 150 pounds eat 17 pounds of brats but it was it was an amazing sight to see I, I was hoping they were going to have a contest that weekend. I was going to say he's the Joey Chestnut of, uh, of broad yeah. eating. So. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I haven't been the same since. Yeah. So, Tony, is this is this going to be a Honda track or, or a Chevy track this weekend? Well, this is a tough one because in, in last year it was pretty much a Chevy track. Uh, I think the Chevy Aero kit still has the advantage, but Honda's made such big strides on the engine standpoint uh, this year that you know now there's more top end than what they've had previously there's better drive out of the corners uh it's going to be a fuel economy race i hate to say it because uh they've they've extended the race distance five extra laps this year uh it's uh, 55 laps instead of 50 but it's right on the border between being a three-stop race and being a four-stop race so uh you're gonna see you're gonna if that's a drinking term and it's not spotted cow you know we don't endorse alcoholic beverages but uh uh it, it's going to be a word that is discussed a lot this weekend. So I think Chevy will have a slight edge, but the Hondas will be right there. It should be interesting to see because we were uh, together at a Graham Rahal, uh a PR thing and we, we, where he mentioned that. He said they should have stretched it out a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. of course, probably, uh, you know, I understand his thinking of that, but most likely the reason probably why it was, wasn't stretched out more was because of TV. Unfortunately, there might be there might be a TV window involved in that, but yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens there because, uh, you know, I'm thinking Team Penske, Chevrolet, okay, they could do it. Ray Hall's been very strong as of late, but if we get a uh, if, if it turns into a fuel economy race, I'm thinking I'm looking at Dale Coyne, right? 
Yeah, except, uh, you know, with their two drive, they've got two rookie drivers now. So they've got um, Ed Jones, who's been, you know, kind of the, the welcome surprise of the season right. thus far. Uh, and uh, Esteban Gutierrez, who now officially, finally, after three weeks of consternation, has uh, finally been confirmed for the rest of the season until Sebastian Bourdais can come back. Hopefully Sub does, and we're all kind of uh, Yeah, they, they're thinking of moving that up. Has there been a change with that now, or is it still looking? I think, I mean, I would say still Sonoma is still the target, but knowing Seb's desire and how fast he works and Eddie can probably chime in a bit more on that but uh, he, he just pushes so hard to get right. back to, to fitness and you know I, he's been relentless in his training so far maybe he's taking one of those trips to Germany to get that uh, the Michael Jordan uh, therapy you know the, the blood platelet surgery <laughs> or procedures uh. hey, you know if it's going to work on that it would work on that because the, where his injury is with the pelvis it's, there's a lot of blood flow in there, and if you increase the blood flow, you can supposedly the the theory is you can increase speed up the healing process. So that would be that would be one area where it would work it, with his injury specific. Oh, and Sebastian is like Tony said. He he's relentless. Yes, he's he's not going to back down. I wouldn't be surprised if he would be back a little earlier than that, but. I mean, that's what they're using as the goal right now. But knowing him, he'll be in a car testing a lot sooner. So, I mean, he's doing great considering if that accident would have happened 10 years ago, uh, we probably wouldn't have had him here. So, yeah, that was it's amazing yeah. the safety, you know, strides they've made with the cars and, and the tracks. And the tracks, tracks with the safer barriers. Hans device as well. Mm -hmm. um, some of the safety enhancements on the car, you know, safer was touched on. I mean, it's it's relentless. There's been uh, there's been some good stories about that. Uh, there was a, a documentary on the IndyCar safety team, the whole Macho safety team, not too long ago that came out. Uh, Terry Trammell was quoted recently in an Indy Star article where he was actually frustrated that Seb got hurt because he's like, well, it means I wasn't doing my job. I'm like, what are you talking about? You you guys have you guys have, have made so much to make it way safer than what it was. And so yeah, it's it's. Been been good that we haven't uh, we haven't uh, had any further issues. Well, and going back to James Hinchcliffe's crash and how severe that was, and how the crew took care of him and saved his life, yeah. and how fast he came back from a lot more serious of an injury. He came back here. He did the test here at uh, the end of that year, and he was just like, no, I'm not pitting. Like, when are you pitting? Never. I'm never getting out of the no. car. He was, and, he was so pumped up. That radio transmission And he was, was on fun. Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I mean, you know, those guys are incredible athletes. I don't care what you say to get in those cars and race and have an accident like that and be back up and running. So... Uh, we wish him the best. He's a great guy, and we miss him because I think Coin, Dale Coin Racing. Well, this was he was set up to have the best season. Everything you know, I mean, I, I just had a weird feeling about it. You know, uh, Tony and I were talking about the season opener at St. Pete. I said, I just had a feeling they were going to hit the ground running. And he certainly did that at St. Pete. And it was just, everything was looking so good. And I think they had, a, you know, it, it, he had a little bit of the eye of the tiger at, at, at Indy, you know. And it was it's frustrating that, but he wanted that, he wanted that fast speed for on that Saturday because he wanted to lay down a number and say, okay, here here's what we can do. You know, you think we can only sneak, 
and and win you know fuel mileage races and whatnot. No, no, we're here. And he was that was kind of his way of saying. No, no, we're 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 a team that you need to beat. For for better or worse, Dale Coin Racing has been probably one of the biggest stories, if not the the biggest story of the IndyCar season, like race to race. And it's kind of funny because you would never really say that otherwise. But there's really been no rhythm or consistency to it. But their story every week kind of has had there's been an angle to it, and that's interesting for us yep. because it's a, it's a team that you know we we saw this in in the Premier League a couple of years ago the Leicester City team right, that won right. you know the Cubs have won the World Series and I remember when Seb signed with Dale uh, Dale actually said in the press conference or in the the teleconference well you know we, we're going to be the Chicago Cubs of IndyCar where we're gonna we're gonna come back and win it's like wait a minute winning coin Cubs and it's yeah. actually it's actually materializing in that way you know well, this is this is a guy I, I remember. It, clear as day being on, on pit road at that chevy powered and was here at road america you know that, that chevy powered lola and actually drove an eagle here the year before which i missed but i mean this is a guy who literally you know a little little trailer from uh you know from you know hour and a half away you know from where is it plainfield plainfield yeah plainfield and and, and you think okay this and i said this a couple of shows ago oh yeah this is a guy he's gonna have some fun with the, with cart and it's a good story and then he'll he'll move on do something else and he'll be gone but here it is 30 some years later and he's still <laughs> look at all the teams powerful teams that have come and gone you well know. not only that steve but when you think about it in the years past, I mean, just the drivers that have jumped in on one-off races and have won with him. Right. And, you know, Look. like you say, when a lesser team like that, that doesn't have the resources that Ganassi and Penske. Well, and I think that's, that's a thing with Dale Coyne. He knows how to play the game. And he, he took a lot of criticism. And the biggest one is probably the Paul Tracy one, I think, back in, back in 91, where Randy Lewis, you know, it, I, I joke that it's the most photographed accident ever in the history of motorsports because 1991 was when A.J. Foyt came back after his injuries here at Road America, and A.J. drew number one. So A.J. Foyt was the first qualifier. He went out, laid down a very, very strong lap, eventually would have been was the second quick, and then the next guy out was Randy Lewis. So you had all these photographers in, in turn one, and here comes Randy Lewis, and he hits the wall, <laughs> it's just, and he wiped out the car, and that was, and then he, so he ended up taking Paul Tracy's car, and then, but three weeks later, Roger Penske has the announcement at the Milwaukee Mile that he hired him as a test driver, and then hired him to a partial schedule in '92, and the rest is history. But with Dale Coyne, it was a situation where well, he he would bring in these guys with checkbooks and that because that's what he had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And 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 for better or for worse, you know, at that time, is it is it good for racing that a guy has to come in and bring a check? No, but in a case for Dale Coyne, where if you can use that to build on it, it becomes a good story. Then it is a good thing. Well, and it's reality. I mean, that's just the way racing has always been. I mean, you're going to have teams like Penske where they bring in drivers that are paying them, right. and you're going to have drivers that are going to pay to get in rides or bring sponsors to get a seat in the car and you know it's just that's just the facts all right what what who who, who's gonna win this thing this weekend i mean you gotta go with willpower again that's such chalk i don't know he's got a little he's he has momentum i'll switch it up alexander rossi Ooh. 
I think he likes this track a lot. He was first, he was fastest in first practice on Friday. He probably could have been. He's he's had he's run too well this year to not have a result. He's had probably two or three podiums that he should have had. Something went wrong. India had a fuel buckeye issue. Got taken out at Texas. Uh, just everything the the engine issue at, at Long Beach when he should have been on the podium. So mm. guys do, and uh, I think we we get that extended run. I mean, the, it's so hard to pick though. That's the right. thing. There's you know ten or twelve guys you could pick any weekend. Oh, all right. I, well, who are you going with, Graham Steve? Rio. I'll go with Graham. Cool. Okay. Because I think either they're going to start off the race and it's going to be a fuel strategy race. It, it, it totally is going to be a fuel strategy race. It's going to go back to the old yeah. days here. All right, guys. I certainly appreciate it. And we got some, a lot of more, a lot more stuff coming up uh, with this show this week. Let's see who else we got. We got Lisa Boggs from Firestone will be joining us. George Michael Steinbrenner. Who is that? Does the name sounds familiar? you got to listen to find out who that is. If We're going to have a very, very him. unique story. We're going to talk it's baseball. It's a great story. we got Ryan Eversley coming up, Patrick Gallagher. So it should be a fun show. Graham Rahal, too, will be joining us. So it should be a fun show. So make sure you tune in. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway from uh, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, drag strip in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the David Hobbs Honda in Glendale 6100 North Green Bay Road. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Standing here with Graham Rahal. Of course, it's Road America IndyCar Weekend. And when was the first time you were here, Graham? <laughs> I don't even know, honestly. I mean, I, I would have been a little kid. I, uh, I've i been coming here my whole life. I mean, my entire life. So I spent many, many, many days here. Um, you know, a great, uh, a great piece of my family uh, legacy and, and, and uh, heritage is, is right here at Road America. Of course, dating back to your grandfather, Michael, who raced in the SCCA. Of course, your father running back here in the single-seat Can-Am cars. All the different cars that your family has driven here. Is there one car, if you could go back in time, you could drive what, either your grandfather's or your dad's car uh, in, in race, in, in the race form, which one would you take? Well, I would say probably the, you know, the later 97, 98 champ cars were beasts, you know, and uh, so it'd have been cool to, to, to experience that, but, you know, um, look back to my grandfather Porsche 906 and things like that, I mean, he drove some some legendary, you know, motor racing cars around this place, and, and my dad got to work on them and see them when he was a kid, so, uh, you know, it'd have been nice to, uh, to experience that with him, but... Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's a great uh, it's a it's a for me you know just a great track. Uh, like I said, a lot of great history here. I love it. Uh, there's nothing nothing like coming back here. You mentioned that you you golfed at Whistling Straits yesterday, and and I, we were having this conversation with a, a couple of racing guys who and also some some sports guys. It's amazing how this area of Wisconsin has become this golf hotbed. Can you explain it all? Big time. I mean, you know, obviously at Aaron Hills um, last week, mm-hmm. 
you know, but you have Whistling Straits, which has got, you know, what, four great courses, right? I can't remember all the names, but Meadows, Irish, Straits, and whatever the other one is. And then you've got Black Wolf, it's got two. The River Course at Black Wolf. The River Course might be my favorite course I've ever played and the most challenging place I've ever played. I love it. I absolutely, very different challenge than Whistling Straits. But Mr. Kohler, for a man who I'm told doesn't play a lot of golf, he sure you know owns some some great places. So, uh, uh, in fact, yesterday when I was at Whistling Straits, he was there. He was there uh, just hanging out. So, you know, great uh, great golf around here, great racetracks. I mean, it's just this is a great part of the world. You know, I, I know it's uh, the winters are probably pretty cold, but uh, in the summers, you you know, with the with the lake and everything else going on here, it's just it's awesome. What's your uh, average drive? I mean, I can hit it pretty good. I think, you know, yesterday the the, the course was pretty soft uh, due to the weather. So my longest drive, I want to say, was, you know, 300, 310 or something like that. But I can hit it pretty good. I mean, the lo- my longest ever is like 370-something. Wow. Not Dustin Johnson like, right. but pretty good. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, of course, Road America, you know, we said this before, family and everything. What's your favorite turn here? Well, turn one is awesome because it's just so fast. You know, there's so much commitment it takes to do turn one. Uh, but the carousel, the kink, Canada corner, there's a lot of great, a lot of great corners here. I mean, this is, um, you know, for us, this track just, uh, it's, it, it suits IndyCar racing. It suits these cars and, and this style of speed and everything else so well. And not all places do, you know. So uh, we're always uh, very privileged when we get to come race here. Does it, we, we were just in another press conference, and they mentioned about Iowa Net, which I think is, is such a, such a tight track, such a hard track. Do you take some pride in when you came into the series, you're a road racer, but now it doesn't matter if it's a road course or an oval at this point? Yeah, I think I'm even on wins, or, or you know, four, four road course, two... I don't know, whatever it is. Four road course, two ovals, but, you know, I, I, I love the oval racing. It's a lot of fun. When the car is good, it's a lot of fun. When the car is not good, it's not a lot of fun. But, you know, it's a great challenge. I think what makes what makes IndyCar racing the hardest form of motorsport is you have to be the best over all those different uh, types of circuits, and, and nobody else can say that. Graham Rahal on the final inspection show. Best of luck on Sunday. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the final inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Dennis Michelson along with Laurie Monroe, the wonderfully talented Laurie Monroe from RacetalkRadio.com. Yeah, I've got to butter you up as much as I can. You must want something, Michelson. Well, I want an answer to a question that's bothered me all week long. And I know you will have the answer to this, Laurie Monroe. Well, I can't guarantee it, but I'll give it a whirl. Okay, what is it? What did NASCAR do to ruin Michigan? Oh, that. (laughs) I see what you mean. They ruined Um, it. Yeah. What, What gets me is... You can't blame the tracks. You can't blame any of the tracks that any of these races go to. All you got to do is look at the evolution of the car and where we are now. That's that's all there is to it. So again, as I've said before, they have to they have to start crop dusting this VHT compound all over the place or something. I just don't know. But here's a question for you. You know how everybody says, okay, we're going to Sonoma this weekend. The the road course racing is so exciting now, and it's the stuff to watch. There's so much action. You know how everybody says that. 
Oh, yeah. Can you tell me, is that really true? Or has the oval track racing just gotten so lackluster? It's the same road course racing we've seen since, I don't know, since they were racing. I can't even throw another track at you, but... You know what I mean? Like, is it just, I don't know. It, it's good racing, but I think it's always been good racing on road courses. Maybe they've gotten a little bit more racy. I'm not sure. But I just think the contrast between the oval tracks and the road course racing is so vast that everybody thinks the road course racing is the end all of racing now. Yeah, and that's it. And, you know, I think what we're seeing at the road courses, the only thing that's changed what happens at a road course are the double file restarts because that has made for a lot more mayhem on the race course for the restarts. And I think that's what the fans have liked because there's more beating and banging. You know, I've heard them say, Oh, the road courses now they're like the old Bristol, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's nowhere to go. So you have the, the beating and banging, but I think more than anything else, it's the fact that these races have not gotten so much better, but they haven't gotten any worse. With the oval tracks, and especially after a repave here like Michigan had, the racing is horrible. They, yeah. there's, And I also blame Goodyear for this, because every time there's a repave, they get out the Flintstone tires. They get out tires that are so hard that there's no advantage to changing tires and there's no tire wear that's significant at all and again that was the case this week at Michigan last week they had the competition caution which the whole purpose is to see how the tire wear went mm-hmm. and nobody changed four tires well, weren't the- they running that multi-compound tire as well yes yes yeah. which never works that's an awful mix also. They ruined It's like Atlanta. a bloody gimmick. They ruined Atlanta when they went to that multi-tire tread thing, and they've ruined Michigan. Michigan, yes, you know, occasionally you got into periods at Michigan where you needed the Hubble Space Telescope to see <laughs> the second-place car. But at the end of the day, you finally got some good racing. Because there was enough difference in the tire wear that if a guy went out there and was a rabbit, he would wear his tires off and the rest of the pack would come and get him. And you had that second and even third grooves at the track that gave guys a chance to race up top when when their tires did go away. What we saw at Michigan was ridiculous. This is, again, it's like watching a Formula One race on an oval. There's... Mm -hmm eight seconds between cars after a few laps. I just, and clean air was worth about two seconds over new tires. And that just doesn't make any sense, but I'm glad to go into Sonoma because we will at least get something different. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it should be, it should be a decent race. This should make up for the last couple of weeks, I would say. And, and here's the thing too. It's NASCAR's back to some of their gimmicks to try to make the races better. After a while this year, you know, with the stage racing, they kind of let the races play out, and now they're back to to throwing cautions. And, you know, there was a garbage bag blowing across the track. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't like it was staying in one place either. But as soon as the garbage bag was, put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. What about the cowboy hat? The cowboy hat didn't cause a caution, but a garbage bag did. <laughs> if if anyone can explain the logic, because when the when the cowboy hat came on the track, there was actually a little bit of close racing going on. There was only like a two car length advantage, and I think they didn't want to interrupt an actual pass. But once again, I almost felt sorry for Kyle Busch, although I love when he gets ripped off like this, because I know that the radioactive is going to be so good the following week. Well, I was worried about the cowboy hat because as it was, you know, just sort of just jiggling a little bit on the track, I kind of thought, well, obviously Austin Dillon's underneath it. So (laughs) I was I was concerned that he wasn't racing and he was actually just trying to run across the track. That was a large enough cowboy hat to cover him up. Probably. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, no word on whose head that was that was bobbing and weaving with the hat. But oh, I just, the last two weeks, you know, I we sit here every week and, and people have even accused us of, of being too sympathetic to problems in NASCAR. The last two weeks at Pocono in Michigan, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for this radio show that we're doing, Laurie Monroe, I might have turned off a NASCAR race. Oh, now, you would not. There's absolutely no way you would. I don't think. has Have either of us intentionally missed a race since, no. I don't know, was it before the year 2000? Even when I've missed the live broadcast... I've quickly watched the replay. Yeah. Because this is this is what Sunday is around here. Sunday is NASCAR time. Of course, NASCAR time used to start at 1 o'clock Eastern on a regular basis, and you knew where it was going to be, what channel, what time, and all that. And now you've got to figure out what channel it is this week, what time it is this week. You know, I'm glad we moved to the West Coast because now they'll probably put the race on earlier. <laughs> yeah, you never know. They'll it's invert crazy. it on us. It's crazy. Yeah. But the first road course of the year uh, comes with some road course ringers. Kevin O'Connell in the 15. Alan Day, our first Israeli driver ever in NASCAR, will be in the 23. Boris Said will be in the 33. Billy Johnson, the old uh, Jack Roush uh, driver from um, from the uh, the WeatherTech series, is in the 43 this week. Josh Belecki, the kid out of Wisconsin that we had on Race Talk Radio last year, he'll be in the 51. Tommy Reagan in the 55, and the 83 team decided that they wouldn't have a road course ringer, and that their guy was so bad on the road course that they're skipping the race entirely. So only 38 teams making the big trip out to California. Yeah, so obviously everyone will make the field. Will any of the road course ringers have no. a shot at a top 20? No. Okay. I don't know. A top 20? Top 20. You know, anything's possible. But, you know, this whole road course ringer thing is such a, it's almost cliche, but... I don't know. It's uh, to me, it's always been sort of farcical. How many times will Boris said be shown going off track 
Uh, probably a handful of times, but it won't happen until about the last quarter of the race. <laughs> exactly. Because you'll exactly. think, oh, wow, look at Boris. He's actually doing really good. Oh, look what happened. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of how it goes. He always finds a time to screw up a race late in the going. But Poor I'll Boris. I will tell you, I'm going to make a prediction here that okay. Billy Johnson in that 43 car, this is a kid with a lot of experience in, in road course racing and also a lot of experience in big Fords. He will be the best chance for a top 15 this week of the ringers. Possibly, but in a stock car? Yeah, he's got some stock car experience. Uh, he's raced for See, that's Roush the problem. That's the, the problem. You know, yes. you can have these guys be so good in the series that they run, but these cars are just totally different. Very true indeed. Well, speaking of totally different, it's the totally different segment of the week coming up next. It's time for a quick break here on the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Dennis and Laurie on a Saturday afternoon, and you know what that means, folks. It's time for the most explosive segment in Milwaukee radio. White lightning! When the dog sings, it means we're getting the explosives ready. I think we have five B-52 bombers getting Holy ready to cow. come in. Yeah, General Mattis is taking good damage. care of us. Obviously, he must have got a raise. We're doing very well. So, Laurie Monroe, it is time for our afternoon still blowing. Can you tell the good folks of Milwaukee and on the interwebs how this all works? I'll tell people all around the world how it works, and how it works is... We get very, very, very upset about something that's happening during the week of racing, and we want to blow it up. So if you have something that you want to blow up, you head over to racetalkradio.com. You can send us an email from there or fill out the big old fancy form and let us know what you'd like to have blown up, just the way Patrick did this week once again, oh one of our favorite goodness. listeners. A repeat still-blowing guest. A repeat, and this has to do with Danica Patrick fans. Ooh. who think that she's not getting the best cars compared oh, to her teammates. So there were some fans pleading with Tony Stewart to give Danica better cars since she's had such rotten and bad luck this season. Patrick can't believe that they just don't get it. He says most, if not all, multi-car teams get the same type of top equipment cars. It's up to the crews and drivers to take advantage and make best of what they've got. So not one driver or team on a multi-car team gets the better cars everybody gets the same stuff and it's up to each to use it to the best that they can that i agree fantastic still blowing yeah i absolutely agree and my still has to do with something we just talked about and that's about the road course ringers and once again i just don't uh not a big fan about the road course ringers maybe it's more of a novelty act or something but there's been no road course ringers winning for the last 45 years. So <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like it's going to be some big sweep or anything. And, you know, I get why they do it, but I just don't think it's necessary. These, these drivers have gotten so good um, 
driving on road courses. We've seen it with these guys. We've seen improvement with everybody. Uh, the guys who weren't so hot on it, they're, everybody's getting better. So, you know, let them, let them race. If this is supposed to be a championship based on running all these different tracks, why are you allowing road course ringers to fill in for your drivers? So I'm just not a big fan of it. Yeah, it's not like uh, we look at the entry list and it says Kevin O'Connell, Alon Day, Dan Gurney, and the Mercury Cyclone for the Wood yeah. Brothers. Exactly. Yeah, that is a great still blowing. My still blowing has to do with the return of Jacques Debris. Ha ha ha. And, and not only that, but I'm blowing up my bad French accent as well. Okay, uh, that's good. I just don't understand how, after officiating, races on the up and up for the early part of the season due to the stage format thing and letting the races play out that all of a sudden NASCAR has decided that debris that earlier in the season was not a big deal because oh yeah it would actually blow across the track and be gone now all of a sudden they're throwing debris cautions left and right again just to try to liven up a bad race. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to have the stage racing and you're not going to call debris cautions early in the season, then don't call it to liven up races now because you're changing the way races are officiated, and that ain't a good thing. Laurie Monroe, three very good still-blowing candidates. Who's still gets blown this week? Um, let me see. Actually, Dale Jr. Uh, it was very much in agreement with you. Dale Jr.'s podcast this week, or maybe it was his post-race uh, Periscope. He was he was pretty pretty upset about this uh, the debris cautions as well. But um, I like Patrick's I don't know. I kind of like mine. I like I mine. like yours too. I like yours. Too. I like mine about the um, uh, about the the ringers. Yeah, let's blow up the road course ringers. Blow up the road course ringers until Dan Gurney comes back because I am at least up Dan yeah. Gurney. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not going there so, <laughs> for the road course ringers incoming. <laughs> the sweet sound of ringer debris all over the place. I smell ringers burning. There's yeah. a lot of that's more ringer debris than Jacques debris caution. I know. It's pretty I know. good indeed. Well, Laurie Monroe, it's time to hit the NASCAR news before we wrap things up. And how about this? Kelly Blue Book coming to the number 24 team as a sponsor. I wonder if that means you're going to get a true market rate on Chase Elliott. Kelly Blue Book with Chase Elliott. Yeah, why not? I think that's a good fit. I think uh, I think their money's as good as anybody's. Absolutely. We encourage yeah. any and all sponsors. And if... The folks from Kelly Blue Book would want to sponsor this segment on 105.7 FM. The fan, uh, give me a call. I'll give you a great price. (laughs) Also in the news, crew chief Paul Wolf just recently returned from suspension duty, and now he might miss Sonoma because he's having a baby. What a lovely way to say how much he loves you. Baby. What yes. a lovely way to stay at home and miss Sonoma. So is I know Regan Smith is the designated baby driver. <laughs> is there a designated baby crew chief? I don't know. I don't think so. 
I don't okay. think so. <laughs> I, I was wondering if, like, Regan Smith had a brother who was a crew chief. That would be perfect. Yeah, you never know. It's 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 at all. It's possible. Everybody's having babies right now. I know uh, Trevor Bain just uh, they just had a, a little son, and uh, and Joey Logano and his wife have just announced that they're pregnant. They'll be having their baby in January. A lot of everybody's pregnant. A lot of opportunities for Regan Smith here. Uh, oh, he'll he he'll, he'll have his pick of the litter. Absolutely, he'll be he'll get to drive anything he wants. There you go. <laughs> also in the kid news, how about this? The youngest of the Jarrett clan, not a racer, but he got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles. <sighs> okay, so was was his father not a ball player as well at one point? And a golfer, like DJ. Was he a golfer? A okay, a golfer. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember there was some sort of a, a a baseball connection or something there. But no, good for him. You know, not not every racer's kid grows up to do exactly what they do. Actually, I'm sure the percentage is pretty darn small. Kid hit 13 home runs in 58 college games this year. That's cool. a lot of home runs. I mean, granted, that's not the major leagues, but that's the equivalent of hitting over 30 home runs a year during a major league uh, length of a season. That's impressive. So pretty cool. Also in the news, Robbie Gordon is banned from racing in Australia. And Laurie Monroe, I'm really, I'm upset that we caused this because it was because he was doing donuts. I know. And a few years ago, Robbie was doing donuts with us as well. So we probably yeah. taught him some bad very bad habits. So, uh, Awful yeah, habits. They're, they're thinking not even letting them back in the country, I think. Just think of all the trouble Robbie Gordon has gotten into since we interviewed him on Doing Donuts. I know. Poor Crazy. guy. Yeah. Oh, well. Bad news. Also in the news, the, an original docuseries will be following Hendrick Motorsports. It'll debut in July with eight episodes. I hope it's going to air during a time where there's people who are awake and on a channel that's accessible by more than six people. Because this is always the downside of these fabulous shows that they come up with. Nobody can see them. Nobody can watch them. And, oh, well, I guess nobody was interested, so we're never doing this again. Yeah, they got to plan this out. I hope they've done it well. It sounds like it's some kind of an online network thing, like a pay-to-view sort of thing. Because it's on something I've never heard of. It's called Complex Networks Rated Red, which is available on something called Go90 starting on Wednesday, July the 19th. I have never heard of that. Well, as I was just saying, you know, <laughs> screw the rest of us. We're never seeing this. Five people. And I'm sure it's going it. to. Why, why aren't they debuting it on February the 29th on, you know, some other year? You know, just make it so inaccessible for people. I don't know. Yeah, all 12 Maybe I'm people. old-fashioned. I just like to turn a knob and be able to watch what's on the box flicking at me. That would be very good indeed. Well, it is <laughs> time to pick our winners for the road course at oh. Sonoma. Lori Monroe, which one of the road course ringers are you? No, I'm just kidding. Who are you picking to win out at Sonoma? You know, I... I decided I'm an absolute fool if I don't pick Kyle Larson for everything for the rest of the year. And even though this is not his forte, there's something that tells me that he's going to do well. That's a good pick. I don't think yeah. there's any reason that that kid 
shouldn't be. Hell, he would have been a good moonshine driver back oh, in the absolutely. day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's how good he is. Well, I am not going out on a limb. I'm taking kind of a little bit of a long shot at any other track except for the road courses. I'm taking A.J. Allmendinger. Yeah, he'd be a good pick as well, absolutely. Very good picks from both of us. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to the NASCAR segment here on the Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And joining us, and I was going to say on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, but no, he's here in person. He's here. Live at Road America, Ryan Eversley. And who did you drive for? Some some local team. I drive I for this Petey Cunningham fella. He's, I don't know. Local and hero. Tra- local. He, he's part of the track now. He's a uh, board member here. He is. Lo- like, literally, he is, like, the mayor. I mean, the guy's been racing for longer than I've been alive. And when you travel around the country with him to all these old-school racetracks, it's like traveling with the politician because everyone's like, oh, good to be seen. You know, they <laughs> want to take a picture with him and shake hands. And they're like, oh, this is my teammate. So, yeah. So, this is your second time on the show. Yep. And you were on in, in the spring, and I totally did the biggest brain fart I've ever did. Because, <laughs> That's not hard. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, dinner with racers. <laughs> How did I not bring that up? And we we bring it up almost once a week. Oh, really? I, I love it. it wow. It is. I love I, I, I envy you oh, geez. because it, it's a podcast <laughs> that I, I wish I could do like that. You know, a long form Kind of, you know, yeah. and to talking to interesting people. Cause yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a it, it, most it, of them. It's a it's yeah. It's a it's a <laughs> racing show podcast about guys that you might not know of, but they're interesting people. Yeah. It's kind of our, and, and obviously a lot of this credit goes to Sean Heckman, who's not here, but he, he and I created this a couple of years ago and finally got it to, to work about two years ago. And um, we obviously want to get the big name guys on the show, but you've heard so many interviews with those guys. It's neat for us to meet like Rocket from IndyCars. We're watching the right. IndyCars roll out right now. Uh, the tech you know, yeah, tech Kevin manager Blanche. guy, Kevin Blanche, his story is like, we didn't know him at all. He has a, uh, he's a pot belly pig that had to have a sex sex transplant because it like sat on a stick the wrong way and like the funniest thing in the world is that that's the second pig that's had to have a sex change in its career like in the world i'm like oh so you have the second one like how, I, I remember being like how do you know you're the second he's like oh because uh, they'd use the same doctor on my pig like what are we talking about right now you know but that's the kind of stuff that comes out of the podcast which is great because i don't want to hear about how your sponsor did the great thing for you or how you love whatever you know car you drive i want to hear about your pig that needed a sex change operation and what's the deal with the chicken sandwich 
Uh, what do you mean? It's always a chicken sandwich. With Sean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to yeah. find a chicken sandwich at a sushi restaurant, but that guy figures it out every it's time. It's always a chicken sandwich. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. Say, it's hard to find a chicken sandwich at Road America because, you know, that's like, those are fighting words in this area. Right. You know, it's like broad or nothing. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, but, yeah, he still finds them. I mean, we find, could be yeah. in the middle of nowhere at a gas station. He'll get a chicken sandwich <laughs> out of it. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's on hiatus, and you guys are going to bring it back when it, time is right, right? Um, hmm. when or is this gonna air know. tomorrow? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. If you're uh, near Road America in a couple months, you might might be able to see some kind of cool thing we're working on. But um, I would venture to guess that we would have something soon. I just, Excellent. Yeah, we um, we have a very good partner with the Continental Tire, and they're, mm-hmm. they're really helpful to make that show happen because the way we do it is the road trip. And Can we make the sound effect or? The Continental Tire yeah. You mean Continental Tire? Yeah. That, yeah. Or the uh, room. <laughs> meow. That's it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, – it, well, I'm sure we're going to have something. It's just because it's, it, it is our – it's like our hobby, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what we do for fun to give something to the fans, but it has to happen after we get our real jobs done, and Sean's right. busier than I am. Well, so. the, the real job comes into play this weekend where we're back at Road America, and you've got a, def- a championship to defend here. You know, you swept this weekend last year. It was the old car. But, I mean, there's got to be special memories because you've had such success over the years at this at this racetrack. Yeah, you see how Tony steered it yeah, back you got the right it back way? The- yeah, that was pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, last year was a uh, storybook weekend for us. Petey and I got the podium in the first race. I won. He was second right behind me. And, um, you know, second race, we were able to win that one as well. And we had, you know, so many people here. Our, tra- our, our shop is located in Sockville, Wisconsin, which is, you know, maybe 40 minutes away, 30 minutes away. Um, our team stays up here all the time for testing and, and, and things like that. In fact, my team manager, Nathan Bonneau, whose birthday is today, along with you, Tony. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, Ryan. Um, he has a house that he rents up here in Road America. So, like, this is home for very much our entire team. And uh, to come here and race is always awesome. To come here with real time is amazing. And then to win, I mean, it's like literally it'll be probably the – best weekend of my career even if we win a bunch of other things just because of all the ties to this track and that team so i mean you're practically an honorary wisconsinite at this point you know i think you spend more time here even at other points yeah. than atlanta yeah so. i have a cool storage apartment or storage unit in atlanta i call an apartment that the, the running you know joke. just because like it, i'm never there and i'm here like 12 weekends out of the year which is i mean the, the running joke is we never actually see each other when we're here because either i'm gone and he's yeah, here right. vice versa right. so it's just like it's that rare occasion when we're actually both in wisconsin at the same time when i when i was younger and didn't know much i hadn't traveled much i would hear the words milwaukee and you think all right cool but now like i literally enjoy coming here for for even if we're just testing or like a christmas party or something i'm happy to come to milwaukee and spend time with the guys we always go down to Polly's pub for that for the jim trito show we do that as well and um you know things like that are really fun what i like about milwaukee is that it's still you know the midwest in general it's still very much like love your neighbor and care about the local team or the local sport Mm -hmm. that's going on so you see it at this track a lot people come out to support the events here, whether it's a club race or a pro race, you know, and that's something unique, I think, to this area that you might not necessarily see at other tracks. One of the things I love most about, you know, your series and this this track is that this really showcases the variety and the diversity of yeah. this series. I mean, the Pro World Challenge and the, the number of manufacturers you guys race against, Acura versus the world, basically. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get to, you've got this <laughs> brand new spanking NSX GT3, and you're getting to run that against Audis and Ferraris and Porsches right. and Lamborghinis and Cadillacs and on, on down the line. I mean, how cool is that when you think about all that you get to all that you get to compete against yeah one of the things i get asked a lot about 
Pirelli World Challenge is why it's called World Challenge because we only race in North America. And the answer is right there, Tony, is that we have cars from all over the world, from manufacturers from many different countries that come here to race in our series. So to take on the likes of BMW, Cadillac, you know, Porsche, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Lamborghini, on and on and on, it's incredible. You know, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Sprint X format because I'm a ball hog and I want to drive my own race car. <laughs> but what it did do is it invited a bunch of drivers like Lawrence Vantor, who just got hired by Porsche and right. apparently can walk on water. And we got to race against him, you know, and I might not have got that opportunity otherwise. But I am always racing against Alvaro Parent and Patrick Long, who are factory drivers from McLaren and Porsche. And they're like, you know, some of the best guys in the world. And to be able to take it to those guys week in, week out and vice versa, to me, like that puts me on their level, which I don't care what the someone at home might think but to me like that's all i wanted for my career was to be able to race against the best in the world and compete and to be able to do that it like you know it's very uh, gratifying and it's a beautiful car i mean the acura i mean it, it's i mean acura has always come up with nice looking cars but yeah. this thing I, I remember it showed a, a producer jeff that he's like whoa yeah he was like that's a good looking car yeah our car it looks very much like the street car and one of the things i like to point out about our acura nsx is that it's built in ohio you know, it's built down the street uh, from, you know, from the factory where they built all the Accords. It's, you know, they built a nice new plant just for the NSX specifically, but it's a, an American built car and designed by an American woman. Michelle Christensen was really cool. And um, it's basically the street car on steroids. We haven't changed the motor, nothing done to the motor uh, other than delete the hybrid system for the rule set. It's the stock engine, stock turbos, stock intercoolers as the street car. And to me, that is really cool. And you see that in a lot of these cars, which is why it's a popular series. The street technology goes right to the race car and, and helps them compete. Now, you were on the Bill Michael show yesterday, and I think I heard you say you hit 140, 142 in the kink? Our apex speed at the test was Jeez. 143. Okay. So, well, it got to be 43, right? Well, right. That's a car number. Well, so. Yeah, Rutledge Wood and I were talking about this the other day. 143 is the old SMS text for I love you. So I guess I love, I love the kink. I love the kink. Yeah. So, so yeah. What, what, what are you hitting going in turn one? Uh, I think our top speed's roughly in the high 160s, maybe okay. 170. you got to remember that these cars are all very big aero. In fact, one of the things I think this series, this particular type of racing GT3 needs to be concerned with is aero affecting the racing. Because mm -hmm. with these GT cars, you watch an F1 race or an Indy car race, you'll hear the guys say, it's hard to run close because right. the aero wash. We're starting to get that in GT cars, which is incredible. But that tells you how much downforce we're making. Mm -hmm. So straight line speed isn't exactly our forte but cornering speed Corner is speed. really up there you know and we're seeing at tracks where the lms sorry the imsa gtlm cars run we're within a second of those guys and they're on customer michelins and we're on a space pirelli that everybody right. runs you know so it's a uh, pr pretty uh pretty fast cars yeah well very good we're talking to ryan eversley real-time racing acura out here uh at road america we certainly certainly appreciate you coming on the show thanks i appreciate you listening to my show <laughs> <laughs> and i write about both shows right <laughs> there you go so yeah, yeah. so whenever you want tony and i on feel free to listen yeah to no problem on. i don't know if we'll we're coming to wisconsin we'll this year dark side. i'm trying to figure out what our schedule might be if we if we do the podcast um but yeah See, that's think the thing if 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 they did put us on the show, where would we take them? Right, There's yeah. so many good that's choices. A, that's a question. Starbucks, something local like that? No, 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 no. Yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe yeah. like a nice Papa John's pizzeria? Yeah, that's like on the office. Yeah, when I go to Sabaros. New York, I would... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I always come here for a slice. Yeah. We're going to get kicked out of Applebee's. Re believe it or not, <laughs> we did have a guest. I won't name names, but we did have a guest that's, that chose uh, – 
Was what? it Panda Express? Panda Express. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I've told the story now enough times. It was like, well, I go to Panda Express a lot. We're like, that's uh, not a real answer. MSG, I can, I, MSG, like, I, like, no, no. The response was like, ha, 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 but really, where are we going? He's like, well, I guess we could go to Kudoba. Like, uh, all right. Good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah. It is. All right, Ryan, appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Broadcasting from the David Hobbs Honda Studios. We're actually at Road America this week. And joining us is uh, Lisa Boggs, director of Bridgestone America's Motorsports. Uh, and we're ha- glad that she's here. Of course, Firestone Tires are on all the Indy cars here at Road America. And uh, well, welcome back to Road America, Lisa. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. And uh, Firestone and, and IndyCar racing date back from the early beginning. I guess we, a lot of us, especially me, who's interested in history, the Barney Oldfield, you know, photos and whatnot. And there's a famous photo uh, or a famous movie done uh, in, in the 30s where they said Firestone is my only life insurance and all that. So uh, it, it certainly runs. The the roots run deep in IndyCar racing. Yeah, as as they say, and this is sometimes an overused statement, but in our case, it really fits. Racing is in our DNA. We always talk about how Harvey Firestone was one of the first sports marketers, as we think of it now. He knew early on that one of the ultimate proof points for his product, his tires, was the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and race cars. So if we could meet the demands of a race car and that track and that facility, that would instill the confidence and demonstrate how good the passenger tires were. So we were on Ray Hearn's car back in 1911, all the way through to the 68th winter this past year on Sato's car. Um, And those routes run deep and long. And to this day, we're still proud of them and still rely on them, demonstrate the innovation, the technology that goes into the tires to meet the demands of an Indy car, which there's probably nothing greater between an oval, a short oval, the speedway, you name it, here at Road America, 14 turns and elevation change later as a way to say, hey, we build wonderful passenger tires. The, um, it, it's, with, with tires, there's a, there's a fine line. There, there, I guess the two most important things is you want a, a speed, speedy, durable tire, but safety is the number one concern, especially when you're at uh, high speed ovals such as Indianapolis. How does the what's how do the engineers do that? Yeah, so what we do, and this is what we've always done, is we use a combination of testing a track, um, and actually more and more we're able to do modeling. We get all the data from the teams. We have historical data. We work very closely with the engineers that build the passenger tires. So whatever the latest ways are to look at that modeling and to look at different things that allow us to simulate and understand what might happen on track, none of it ever can be getting out and testing. Mm -hmm. We've tested here. We'll test at the speedway. But it's a great way for us to check all of the elements and make sure we have the ultimate tire. Safety is always number one. And then you're right. It's just a balance from there, depending on the track and the situation. Um, as you know, here we've got two tires, a primary compound and an alternate, which speaks to what you just said to some degree. We've got a primary tire, which is more durable, 
but and probably last you a little bit longer, less fall off over the stent. And then we've got an alternate, which is a softer compound, so you'll probably get a little more speed out of that. You just won't have the length of time till you've got that fall off in a stent. So it's just it's just a trade-off. How tough is it to engineer a tire for a place? I mean, Road America, what are those top speeds they're hitting going into They're going to hit almost 190. You're in the 180s to 190. Pretty quick, and and and, and then you have slow corners, yep. and then the te- in the weather here can change. You can you can have an overcast day, and it might be only in the early you know low sixties, or it could be real hot and sticky. Yeah, and so so what we do is we try to take all of the possibilities into account, all the variables, everything we've learned, and come up with the tire that hopefully under the greatest number of variables will still perform optimally and do what it needs to do. We've also got rain tires here. So even if it rains, we can still run and still put on a good show. Rain tires. And now, now have you got that? When was the last time you guys tested, or how do you test on rain tires other than the obvious? I mean, is it just a lucky you're out at a track and it starts to rain you get to, or how does that work? No, unfortunately, um, there's a couple ways. Again, we've got a lot of history and a lot of learning and rain tires. We've also got a lot as a company, as Bridgestone Firestone, a lot of lessons learned and understanding of how a groove tire dissipates water and what we needed to do under those circumstances. So we can draw on all of that. You can do a bit of testing, wet the surface and try to run, but really it's, it's one of those things that until you're there and it rains, mm-hmm. full out rains on that given track to see how the water puddles, what the cars are doing, you can't really test it full out. It's like a street course. We can't test on a street course, but we know enough. We've got enough institutional knowledge that you can you can build a good tire. What? Now I was out here in '86, and and when Emer- I'll never forget Emerson Fittipaldi in, in in the rain out here. It was a different tire, but I mean, the it's still. Is there much you can change with a rain tire over the last twenty years? Or I mean, the rooster tails. The visibility is the number one problem with the rain. Yeah. Is there anything you? tire makers can do yeah i mean there are a lot there are a number of things you can do and again as time goes on you learn more and more about the tread pattern and depth and thickness and things that affect how that water is dissipated the speeds of the car change the aerodynamics change whether it's the underwing or where that comes from that all is going to have an effect at the end of the day a big puddle of water is going to be tough no matter what you do but yes there are ways to optimize that and do what we can to let the cars perform in the rain, which often makes for a heck of a show. Being, being the official tire maker for IndyCar, is it kind of like being an offensive lineman where if they don't mention your name, you're doing a good job? Exactly. <laughs> it was exactly, um, we, and we, it's true. And we're the yeah. first to raise our hand and say it. Um, yeah, it's, it's usually better, just like the offense. If he's doing his job and the quarterback's not getting sacked and you're doing what you need to do and getting the run back, you're probably fine. That's, that's how we feel. If we go out and the fans come and they just see a great race, drivers are, well, mostly happy, at least the winner. Um, we come back. We test the tires actually after the race as well, and we feel good about it. That is a good day all, all around. We're talking with Lisa Boggs, director of uh, Bridgestone America Motorsports with uh, Firestone for the IndyCar Series. What what's the biggest number or I guess the uh, input is it is it more from the sanctioning body drivers combination? It's all of the above. We work very closely with um, IndyCar and the mm-hmm. folks at IndyCar who have got a long history in the sport. 
Um, they're uh, folks that are on the competition team in terms of, and with the teams, in terms of just conversation, what we've seen, what we do. Obviously, the drivers are integral to that feedback. We've got data, all the telemetry, all the inputs, what the setup was, what the wind tunnel testing was, what Delara is doing. Um, we understand what we've seen historically. We know what surfaces are at tracks. So it is the complete combination of bringing all that together. It's, it's, it's a endless amount of variables to some degree, but you take all the ones that you can um, and all you can really control for and put the best tire you can on track. And so far we've, you know, we've been very pleased and very proud of our product and what we've been able to do with the series. How do you get those decals on the sidewalls? You guys did one a, a couple of years ago. Maybe it was last year for the 100th. I yes. Think, it was a beautiful, but I'm like, how do they do that? Yes, that's, well, we've got a, a company that we've worked with for, God, since the 80s, Performance Tire Service Company. And they're the ones, if you come in the paddock, folks, and you get a chance to walk around, please stop by Firestone because you'll see that group. They're the ones mounting and balancing tires and mm -hmm. talking to fans. Come on over, pick up a tire. You'd be shocked how light it is right. when not mounted. Um, and they're the ones that do all that for us. Okay. They've been doing that for years. They've got it down to a science. Um, yeah, so for the 100th running, which you mentioned, we did a special sidewall that listed all the names of Beautiful. every driver yeah. that has won on a Firestone tire. That's really neat stuff. Well, Lisa, we certainly appreciate you taking on your busy schedule this weekend. And what, what's, what kind of compounds are we look at, looking at this weekend? So our alternate compound is the same one we had here last year. was great. And our primary is um, similar to it's what we've got in Watkins Glen. Okay. given the same nature of the two circuits. So it's a little different than from a primary than last year, but um, so far so good. We had a 45-minute warm-up. We're going to have another one, and our initial look, all good. So hopefully it'll be a good a good weekend. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on the Final Inspection Show, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to the final inspection show presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Ordinarily, we'd be in the David Hobbs Honda studio, but we are on site at Road America in suite number eight. Uh, Tony Dezina of NBCSports.com. Zach, he's uh, out having a having a Coke or drink or something. Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. I think he's getting a double brat. I think we busted him on that. And joining us is the team principal of Andretti Steinbrenner Racing, George Michael Steinbrenner IV. George, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's been a whirlwind season for you, but I mean, we've got we've got we got to ask first. I mean, the, the name is obvious. There's the baseball Yankees connection, but you are a racing fan, and you have a really interesting story about how you became that way. So, if you just want to tell the listeners a little bit about kind of your background, of course, yes, obviously, uh, with the baseball and all that coming from Steinbrenner family. But I grew up loving IndyCar racing. Uh, my cousin on my mother's side was Tony Renna, so I grew up first watching him race, and. Um, even after he'd passed, I still I watched more and more, and then I got in a relationship with Brian Herta through my stepfather, and uh, from there we would we started going to more and more races each year. And uh, as my love for the sport grew, I I knew it's, I just wanted to be around it. 
as much as I could. So this was the perfect way. And this, and this year has been just a, a banner year. You know, we talk about raising the banners at Yankee Stadium, but we, we have a young driver, Colton Herta, Brian's kid. He's 17 years old, and he takes the world by storm, basically, in his first ever Indy Lights weekend. He's, he throws out the first pitch at the, at the Yankee game on the Tuesday, then he gets in the car, then he gets on the podium, then he wins the race, and you're just watching it being like, we knew we've got a good kid, but we didn't know he was this good. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We knew he would be on the top step of the podium. It was just a matter of how long it would take for him to get there, and it certainly didn't take long. So it was it was the best I could have hoped for other than two wins. Yeah. How how mature is he for someone? I mean, you can kind of relate because you're you're a young owner yourself, but you know, he's a guy that yeah, he's only 17 years old, but he's pretty mature beyond his years. So kind of how do you re- relate that and, and look at how he fits into what's a pretty deep field in the uh, the Indy Lights series? Well, yeah, considering he's the youngest, it's it's surprising it's surprising how mature he is. Uh, a lot of it had to do with when he left for Europe. He had to live on his own. He had to fend for himself, you know. And and obviously the the uh, the environment over there is cutthroat. So he had to have so, a more mature demeanor, and uh, it, it it certainly shows now. And and do you think uh, you know Brian Herda? I mean, being his father and helping his career and making him. Because Brian's always been one of those guys at the track when he was at Andretti and in racing. He's just such a meticulous, calm driver. Uh, I mean, I guess he's a big influence. He is, of course, yeah. Uh, it, it certainly helps having Brian around. Um, I learned a lot from him coming to the races. And uh, certainly now as I'm an owner, um, yeah, he's, he's very calm always has his head on his shoulders he never gets angry and that's what I've tried to do I've tried to keep my emotions in check until uh, a later time or try to uh, suss the situation out in a more calm manner like Brian does when when I talked to you in Long Beach I found it fascinating um, not only you stepping in and, and doing this but just your passion for the history of the sport as well as baseball, you know, I mean, that's a give me, but you know, motorsports in general, it's very rare to see someone your age really care about the sport like that. Well, I've always been a, I love history, no matter what it is, especially sports. So once I started to love racing and first thing I did was, uh, look into the history of the sport and, where it came from, how it how it's grown, and and uh yeah, so that's yeah. I spent a lot of time watching old races and yeah, reading through history. Yeah, I mean, you come here to Road America, you're coming to one of the most historic tracks on the calendar, and it's got to be, you know, I, I remember Brian actually one year had probably one of the most famous incidents in IndyCar Alex history Barron. where with Alex Barron's in an eagle, and unfortunately he actually flew like an eagle when <laughs> Brian Brian was stuck there at the exit at Turn 5. But, you know, were there races you watched here growing up? Were there any time, had you been here before? Or what's kind of your, your take on, on this place as it fits into that historical background? Unfortunately, I hadn't been here yet. Um I've I've watched old races from here and and I watched last year's race as well obviously. And uh yeah, but I love this place. It's awesome. It's it's it's, it's huge. History. It's, ra- <laughs> it's, ra- it's huge. It's a racing history, you know, in America. It's a it's a proper road course and it's Have you had your first double brought yet? 
I have not. Okay. I have not had my first that is, That's yet. the key to Road America for first-time visitors is the, the going to all the different food stands. You talk about history. You know, most food stands are your standard hot dogs, you know, what have you, but and chicken sandwich. But here, they're all local, like, kind of charities, ministry-type deals. So uh, St. John the Baptist in the infield is kind of the legendary one, as well as the gearbox down the hill by turn five. Um, so you learn a lot about the food at this place, not just the, not just the racing of it. But, uh, no, it's a really cool, cool environment. You mentioned roller coasters earlier it has been a bit of a roller coaster season because after the start and another one in barber it's been kind of a tough couple weekends so uh, you know we're, we're kind of halfway roughly about in the indie light season but it's a really deep championship yeah you know kind of how do you balance as the year progresses knowing okay we just got to take it weekend by weekend if we can get a good one here then on to the next well yeah uh indie was not very kind to us uh road course or the or the oval so it's it's just more of getting our head had all of our heads back in the same place and uh trying to just take it one step at a time and make sure the car can get to the finish line first and then go from there yeah no it's a it's a good it's a good place and it's a good mindset to have because you know as we said you know you guys are both pushing beyond your years and you know it's good stuff it's exciting stuff and we look forward to, to seeing how you guys develop within the sport because we need people in our in our age range you know it's like you know i'm sure you can relate it's like you know when someone's like hey why are you this young and you're a team owner it's like why are you young in this writing about it so we we got to get that next generation involved oh yeah and that's something that I look forward to seeing in the future more team owners getting into the game. What are some of the ways you think that you can get more of a younger audience into the game? I mean, something you see, like, you know, the, we, we see it, the Mazda Road Indies is essentially the, the racing equivalent of the baseball ladder. We've got a single A, a double A, and a triple A series. What are some of the elements you think can help bring that next that next gen in? I think, I think um, they're doing a great job now. Uh, the races are a little shorter, which is, which helps. Um, just, you know, fan interaction is a key, you know, um, open paddock, all that, just uh, being available to young fans. Because with young fans, they look for role models right. in the sport. So it, they can look up to a guy like Colton Herta or a Dalton Kellett or a Aaron Tielitz or whoever. And uh, so, yeah, making the personalities shine is a big, important part of it. And I, I think now with with the commitment you've made with Colton and the direction of going to Indy, uh, you know, it's set now and you have a direction to go. And like you said just a second ago about getting everybody's on the same playing field and, and pointing forward, just like baseball or football, you got to get the team in the right direction. Do you feel, I mean, it, you, you must be excited about, your plans now for the future and oh. going to Indy? Oh, I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what I came here for, you know. The, uh, I would like to keep the Indy Lights team as well, if possible, because uh, I enjoy Indy Lights so much as well. But uh, obviously the Indy cars, the big cars are the main goal. And it's it's nice to see the, the progression start to, to build toward that goal. Well, that's that's the goal. We we you know we love covering it. We love growing with you guys. We love seeing the development. And and when guys do get to IndyCar, both from a, a driver and team standpoint, it's like okay, we've got that next gen. And that's that's what's cool to see. Uh, George, really much appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, and and all the best this weekend. Of course, thank you very much. Cool. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and by David Hobbs Honda, broadcasting ordinarily from the David Hobbs Honda Studio, but today up at Road America. 
This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. And joining us in person in uh, suite number eight at Road America is Patrick Gallagher and uh, the the McCombie what racing? Uh, McCombie McAleer Racing. And that's Chad McCombie, right? Chad McCombie, ex uh, NASCAR driver. That interesting story. He was uh, the old junior. Was it Dale? The Dale, Dale Jr. Movie. in the Dale movie. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh man, he's going to be thrilled that you guys are talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it dovetails perfectly into what you do, which is at Road America, the Battery Tender MX-5, Global MX-5 Cup, is a draft show, and that has got to be one of the most intense things to, to do at, at this place. Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was crazy, the whole race. I felt like I was at Talladega. I saw – I was watching you. We're, we're, I was doing the Bill Michael show, and, and we're, I'm watching you. Were, you were third, and then you were second, and I found out you actually won the race. So to, See, I actually watched him do that because I was actually over at the Mazda, the, the Maz Mahal, I guess we'll call it, the, the hospitality area outside Turn 5. And it, it's it's got to be so interesting because there's six, seven guys in a gaggle of cars like that. And you got to pick when do you make your move. I mean, because there's like, okay, if I go too early, then you might get bit and leave yourself vulnerable. Well, we should give some background here yeah. for the listeners here. We're talking about the Mazda MX-5 Cop, which are e- equally uh, – developed or uh, yeah equally prepared and built uh, cars miatas they come with a roll cage and that and it's a great series because uh i've i've known a couple of drivers that, that driven in the series in the past it's one of the best teaching series out there because one of the reasons why is because if you make a mistake you can't just overcome it in a lap or two because of horsepower yeah absolutely i mean if you miss a shift in this series and you're running in that top 10 group um if let's say you're second place, mm-hmm. you're probably going to come out of the next into the next corner in eighth place, and that's just one shift. I mean, we're out there for 40 minutes going around this 14-turn track here at Road America, and I mean, it, you just cannot make a mistake. You have to stay in the group, and like like Tony said, you just have to know when to make your move. Because if I, I think if I would have made my move in Canada Corner, mm-hmm. I probably would have been the guy getting passed at the line. Um, the whole race, I was kind of trying to judge how long it would take me to see to get by him to see if i could get it done by the start finish line um but mazda's done a great job putting this series together you can see how close the racing is it's unbelievable but not only only that you got to hit your marks at turn one turn five you know place place a car exactly where it needs to be going down out of six and everything so i mean it's a complete package here at road america isn't it yeah i mean you have to definitely put the whole lap together because a place like this is so big and it takes a long time to get around there. If you make one mistake on the lap, let's say during qualifying, that lap's no good. you got to wait another two minutes to come back around the place and give it another go. Did you make a mistake in the race? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, probably, I mean, probably little mistakes. You make mistakes every lap. Um, it's just how big are they, right? Were you an inch off your apex or were you a foot and right. a half? You know, um, I had a pretty clean race. Everyone ran good up where I was. Um, ran us clean, and the, I mean that's the result you get. This this racing is phenomenal. Now for the series itself, it's been around a while, but this year is a little bit different because now it's under the uh, the Anderson 
promotions ban or IndyCar sanctioned, um, which means you get to run on IndyCar weekends. Like you're at Barber Motorsports Park, you get to run at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and now you get to come here. So you've been in the series for a few years now. Talk a bit about how kind of this year's evolved and, and really not just how you've evolved, but how the series has grown. Yeah, I mean, the series has just been elevated with the addition of IndyCar and Anderson Promotions. They, you know, it was, SCCA did a good job before. There's no doubt about that. But but these guys do this day in and day out for a living, and they are the best in the business. Dan Anderson has always been good at putting uh, feeder and development series together all the way back to the old USF 2000 mm-hmm. series. where you Which you raced in, if, if memory serves, like, well, not the – old one but you raced in usf like because you were an open wheel guy first and yeah absolutely i mean my dream was indycar and you know it it takes a lot of pieces the puzzle to make it there i'm just Mm -hmm. happy to be racing something uh i mean mod space and howard concrete pumping have given me this opportunity um obviously the the goal was to go win the indianapolis 500 someday i'm not going to say that that is undoable but um, I'm just happy to be here with Mazda and Modspace and Howard Concrete Pumping. But the series under Anderson Promotion gives me a platform to help out my partners um, more so than I've ever seen. Well, we, we had Johnny O'Connell on last week, and that was his goal. He was, one, he was an open-wheel guy. He was running IRL and Indy cars. Next thing you know, he's on his head at Las Vegas, and it took him in a completely different direction. But he's running and winning at Le Mans and running Corvettes and that, so which, which in itself is not a bad career, you know, I mean, so, I mean, wherever you're, I mean, look at me, <laughs> or look. I was a, I was a writer, and I was a second choice, and then I had it off in sport, you know, I'm a radio guy, I never, I never thought I'd do radio, so in motorsports, you never know where you're going to end up, and the, the paddock is full of stories like that. Yeah, I mean, my goal is to be fast and competitive in every car I get in, Try and win the races and let the journey take it where it takes me. I mean, I, I can't tell you if I'm going to end up in an Indy car or if I'm going to win Le Mans or if I'm going to go run the Rolex 24. I hope I can do some, if not all of those someday. But if I don't, I mean, <clears throat> I'm having fun right now, mm-hmm. just just trying to make it there. And, uh, you know, hopefully in 10 years we can sit here and, and, you bet. and talk about that. Well, it's a fun showcase for driver talent, too, because with everyone being in the same car, it really shows, you know, racecraft, you know, development, and, and kind of, you know, there's a mix of young guys, there's a mix of veteran guys that have been here, you know, they're in the 40s, 50s. It's a really good competitive, you know, mix, and, and, and really a, a camaraderie of a band of brothers and sisters almost, really, if you look at the field. Yeah, I mean, there's... 30-ish cars, whatever it is. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I mean, you get done racing, and, you know, everyone's happy, high five, and that was great. Um, probably 95% of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is like a big family down there and in large part that that's thanks to how Mazda run the, runs the program and, and Anderson, um, you know, we race together, we travel together, so we might as well like each other, you know, they do a good job with that. Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) So going on uh, later this year, is there any tracks you're looking forward to? You, uh, You think, Hey, that's a track I can do really excel at. Um, I'm really looking forward to Toronto. I love street circuits. I haven't been on one since uh, Houston uh, a couple years ago. Um, I've run St. Pete. I've run Baltimore. I've run Houston. Excited to go run Toronto. uh, I saw that in your bio. Why is that? That you you love running street circuits. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I just think that, that 
the consistency it takes mm-hmm. to run the wing mirror right up against a concrete jersey barrier every you're, lap. You're not afraid of the walls. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it'll, it kind of separates you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we go there and do well. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to have a good result there and just keep the championship lead. That's what, at this point, it's all about collecting points and making the gap a little bigger each weekend. Well, I, I personally think that, uh, that's a great attitude to have because I know there's a lot of drivers that don't like street circuits because of that. So if you can turn that into advantage, I mean, I think that's you're, you're putting yourself above so many other drivers. Yeah, with that I mean, attitude. That, that's that's the plan. I mean, you just show up and. You know, if they line this place with concrete barriers, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the motorcycle guys would like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. But, Patrick, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, best of luck to you, and uh, hopefully you'll get another win this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, our race will be live-streamed on Mazda's Facebook page tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, I would be willing to bet that there's going to be another lap, lap, last lap pass. Well, that's going to be before our show because we're taping this. Yeah. So we're going we're going to be on the air at noon, but you can always check uh check the Mazda Facebook page as they do archive the races. Absolutely. Yeah, go check it out. And then you can check out the race from today, Friday, right. which you uh, See that won finish. by what how how much? It was point oh two six of a second. It was about three hundredths that there well, there about as tight as you can go. Pretty close. Yeah, What's yeah, funny because you, you it was well it's interesting you were on the losing end of a close photo finish at Indy like last time out I think so not to say that you ever want to be on a, the wrong side of it but that does that give you any preparation or kind of know like okay how I'm going to do it differently this time? I mean like I said it's mainly yeah. about the points. Yeah. Um, I would have been okay with second, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to win the race. Yeah. Um, it is nice to get one back. Yeah. Um, you hate losing a close race because at that point it comes down to, like, you did pretty much everything you can do, mm-hmm. and yeah. it just didn't fall your way. So when, when these close races go your way, you, you tend to enjoy them a little bit more. Cool. All right. Patrick Gallagher, best of luck to you. We'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thank All you, right. guys. Thanks, Patrick. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale. Well, that'll about do it for the Final Inspection Show today. I want to thank everyone who tuned in to listen. Uh, I want to thank Tony DeZino, Eddie Lapine, Graham Rahal, Dennis Michelson, Lori Monroe, Ryan Eversley, Lisa Boggs, George Michael Steinbrenner, uh, you know, we've had so many guests. Patrick Gallagher, all of you, thank you so much. Uh, and make sure you guys check out IndyCar Racing at Road America all weekend long. The main race is tomorrow. Green flag flies right around noon, but there's races after that. There's races all day today. Don't forget, you can check out racing at Great Lakes Dragway as well in Union Grove, Wisconsin, one of our fantastic sponsors along with David Hobbs Honda. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.